Good morning. It's good to have the presence of the Lord minister to us the way He has been. We're certainly blessed with God, and I believe that we have been uh, visited. We have been ministered to, and obviously for a reason. The Lord wants us to go on and wants us to prosper. As John said, I would that you would prosper even as your soul prospers. So we're certainly thankful for the presence of the Lord in this place. Good to see everybody. Uh, tonight, uh, when we pray, requesting prayer for uh, uh, Brother Gordon Alexander. Um, he suffered a stroke a few nights ago, and uh, he's needing prayer. He's from uh, Mississippi. Uh, been preaching the gospel for a, a long, long time, so let's lift him up in prayer tonight as we pray. And uh, it's good to see uh, a, a dear friend of mine, uh, a brother in the Lord, uh, Brother Rick Kimball, and his wife. Uh, we've known them, uh, we met them years ago in Pierce, South Dakota, and uh, Brother Kimball was a, a very talented musician, steel guitar player, Dobro. And we, we were blessed to be able to play with him. And, and um, he was uh, really a, 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 a humble man, a man that was full of love. And uh, we have his daughter here with us tonight, Heather. I'm glad she finally made it here. But uh, he's a, a dear, dear friend of mine uh, and a brother in Christ. So certainly happy to see her tonight here with us. Praise God. It's always good to come into contact. Uh, I don't know if any of you knew that, uh, but uh, Brother Kimball uh, was special because, to me, because uh, he, he, was, uh, he was a Jew and he shared a lot of his uh, traditions and beliefs with me, and that was something special, and that was really something that uh, I guess really uh, I benefited by it, and I'm so thankful for him. And uh, I always have good memories of him. Praise God. So I'm, I'm certainly grateful for that. Amen. And we know how it is. Uh, the Lord always brings somebody along in our lives. That is a blessing to us and, and uh, encourages us. And it's good to have those kind of people in your lives that you can you can go on and you can live for the Lord. So I'm certainly thankful for that. And uh, let's just pray for the Lord's will to be done this evening in this service. Let's really uh, do what we can to humble ourselves under his mighty hand. Amen. I believe the Lord wants to bless us mightily in this place tonight. Amen. So if you would stand with me, I'd like to ask uh, Brother Aaron if you would lead us in prayer tonight. Musicians and singers, come on up. Back in the house of God. Now, welcome you all, all our guests, amen, visitors, amen. I believe we're in store for a, amen, a glorious time here tonight. Amen. These past few services, man, they've been awesome. Amen. And I believe God's got even more in store for us. Amen. We all, uh, we all remember in the Bible about Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Yeah. Amen. He didn't believe until he actually reached out and touched the Lord. Without the nail scars and the wound in his side. And Jesus told him, just because you saw 
and you touch me, you believe. But he said, blessed are they who don't see yet believe yeah. that's enough. Yeah. Amen. We all know. We learned this morning in Sunday school that God is a spirit. Amen. And you know, even though he's a spirit, he can manifest amen, his goodness in our midst. And one of the most awesome things that manifests, that his spirit can manifest in a person's life, is a changed life. Amen. That's a glorious thing. Amen. And we're able to amen, walk into that place where we're changed. To be able to know him. Bible says, Amen. It's good to know him, but rather he knows us. Amen. That's the good thing about it. He's here to minister. So let's all find together in faith. Let's pray and believe God, and let's just let him have his way here tonight. Amen. We thank you, mighty God. Amen, Lord Jesus, once again, Father, to be here in thy presence. Oh, Lord, we bind together in faith, in unity, O oh God, with expectation, a longing, a desire, O oh God, to feel your presence one, once again, Father. Amen, O oh God, that you manifest, O oh God. Amen, the Holy Ghost in a beautiful, marvelous, wonderful way. In Jesus' name, you know every heart that we need. I pray, O oh God, that you administer and help us, O oh God. Amen, encourage us, edify us sanctify us. Amen. Let your word go forth, O oh God. Amen. Enter into our hearts, O oh God. Let's receive and be doers of it. Amen. Anoint the man of God. Amen. Amen. Let him feel the unction of the Holy Ghost to minister your word. Amen, Jesus. We give honor to Pastor Harold, to Betty Marshall. Amen. Everyone that's gathered here together in your name. Amen, mighty God. Have your way. Amen, Lord Jesus. Let's be quickened. Amen, Jesus. Oh, God, let's be from here different. Amen, mighty God. Save, oh, God, and heal and deliver here tonight. Confirm your word with signs and wonders following. Amen, Jesus. We're your people. We're your church, oh, God. Amen. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Anoint the song leader, singers, musicians, oh, God. Amen, Jesus. Amen, mighty God, and just have your way. Amen, we give you all the praise and glory. ask, Father, for special prayers for Brother Gordon Alexander, Father, that you would be shot and touch him, O oh God. Amen, in your spirit, touch him and heal his body. Amen, Lord God, and bless your church worldwide. Amen, your church in Chautauqua, Kansas. Amen, brother and sister with me, Father, all the saints of God there. Heal him, O oh God, meet your every need. Amen, your church in Harker Heights, Texas. Amen, Pastor Kendrick, oh God. Amen, his wife and all the saints there, Father. Bless them. Amen, meet your every need. Amen, we're careful to give you all the praise and glory. And all the people said, Amen.
the Lord. Praise the Lord. All I can say is, wow. Man, those of you that sit in the front seats, those are the best seats in the whole house. Wow. You get to hear it. Man. I got to share something with you. You know, um, uh, I was talking with uh, Brother Jacob last night. Uh, it's kind of neat. Uh, Thursday, I wasn't here. I was at home. But I was still worshiping and praising the Lord with the rest of you. And I, I had mentioned, I said, did any of you see the Shekinah glory Thursday night? Anyone see it? I did. I saw it on. I saw it. It's just like, you know, headlights in the fog. You can see it up here in these lights. It looked like a fog up here. And I'm going, look at that. Man, I wish I was there. But I was there in spirit. I'll, I'll tell you that. But last night, something really neat happened. How many of you got a breeze across your spirit? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, guess what? That was the Holy Ghost. Because the system was shut off. That wasn't anything in this building. And... I got this cold wind right across yeah. my skin, not my, under my shirt, I got it across my skin, and I go, and it was a cool, this cool wind, and it's like, wow, where in the world is that coming from? And Brother Jacob says, I got that too, only it was a warm wind, and it was like, wow, and it was like, whoo, man. So I got to share this with you, and it was kind of neat what Brother Aaron said before he opened the, uh, when he was uh, praying. But um, I want to share this with you because this goes right along with what was said this morning. I mean, that was awesome. Oh, my word. See, that's truth, and I, in coming from a Baptist that doesn't believe any of that stuff, when you realize that's the truth, and you realize that the kingdom of God is already here yeah. if we invite it here. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right. So when I say, man, when you're full of the Holy Ghost yeah. and your mind's right, you're going to walk from this world right into the yeah. next yeah. one. Yeah. So I, I, I got to share this with you. Um, in, uh, in John chapter 4, this hit me uh, Thursday night after, after the service. I decided to have a Bible study in the dining room. So I was reading this, and it says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And man, I, I, I'll tell you what, sitting at home and y'all were here, man, how could you not worship the Lord? Wow. Man, I'll, I'll see a video from another church and they're in a worship service and man, whew, I mean, I just join right in it and it's like, wow, look at that. You know, and it's like, how could you not? Wow. So, Man, I can't wait for what's going to happen tonight. <laughs> it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And I, man, I can't. Oh, I can't wait. So, who's got a word of sister? I just want to stand up and say I can see this kind of right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
<laughs> Sister Julia. I also can see it. <laughs> 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 but I wanted to stand up and uh, just wow. say thank you to God for I really like coming here and thank you for those gifts, for the gifts of coming and seeing these things. I like to, as Father Harold talked about obedience, I didn't come here just by accident. When Joshua asked to put those old things away from the past, that was a hard thing to do, but today was the day that I gave that chinupa. Wow. Yes. I'll always love our Lakota people and our way of life. I lived it all my life. Jesus makes it that much better. Yes. You know, you know when you when you you say people, you see that, or you know, you see that kind of glory, or you feel that breeze of. Isn't it something that not everyone feels that? Uh. See, when you got the Holy Ghost and you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're in the kingdom of God. And you can see the kingdom of God. That's what was so neat about what you were saying this morning. When you're born again, you can see. You see it. You're, wow, it's right there. Wow, man. It's an awesome thing to think that this world we live in is inside of a world that's far greater yeah. than this place. Yeah. <laughs> when you realize that, whew, yeah. wow. When you wrap your mind around that, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Who's got another word of testimony? Oh, I know this. Oh, here we go, man. Everyone's popping up. Sister Lyra. Before I go home. Yeah. Amen. Fill it up so you know, I battle, I got 
I was up in my room and I had every intention of just, you know, kind of being lackadaisical, whatever, before service. And um, I put on some music and I just, and then I just started praying. I felt the need to pray, so I started praying. And as I was praying, it's like, Beforehand, before that had happened, I could I was always aware of my surroundings while I was praying. But while I was praying yesterday in my room, it it's like the world just faded away. It like and it was just like him and me. It's it's like I couldn't see him physically or anything, but his presence. Oh my goodness, the ground he took me to was so amazing. Just how strong like his presence was. It literally felt like he was there in the room with me. So I just want to thank him for that because I've been praying that for a little while now and it's just, I'm excited to see what he has in store, not only for me, but for everybody else as they grow stronger in their walk with God. So we show in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everybody.
I'm thankful to live this life, to be here in this in this place and to commune with him. I want to encourage everybody when it's time for Elder Craig and Sister Karen to leave, the Bible doesn't leave with them. Let's keep it going. It's up to us. If it dies, that lies on us. Let's not let it die. I want to preach on Jesus' name. One thing I want to share with you, it's about this morning and what we said. For those of you that are struggling and you're, you're having a hard time coming to grips with the fact that Jesus can help you, or Jesus even has the power to help you, I thought about this. What he was talking about this morning is think about this. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he had the power to give up his ghost, to give it up. And all that's left on that cross is a dead body. And they take that dead body off the cross. They bind it up and they wrap it up in cloth. Yeah. And they stick it in a tomb. And that body, wow, this blew my mind when I thought about it. He left that body. And that body sat there dead and empty wrapped up in grave clothes. He had the power to go to hell. And like he said, when he showed up in hell, it was like, uh, Satan, there's someone here to see you. And he's not scared of you, Satan. Satan gives him the keys. He takes the keys and he had the power to re-enter his own body. And become glorified and came out of those grave clothes and those grave clothes lay there on that bed just like they were only there wasn't anything in it anymore man I was thinking about that this morning that's power he raised himself from the dead <laughs> so if he can do that there is absolutely yes. nothing he can't do for you. So I just encourage y'all to live in the world. Thank you, everybody, for your testimony. You know what everybody was talking about? David dancing before the Lord. Scripture that came to my mind was uh, what's written in 2 Samuel chapter 6. And it was talking about when they brought the ark back into Jerusalem to the city of David. And it says, And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen, oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with the linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Wow. That's something. 
think about you know that, but but you think about how David obviously the reason why David was so willing to worship the Lord in the manner that he did is he understood he understood what God was going to do not just for him but for the kingdom of Israel the salvation that was going to obviously come and so he understood that salvation and he understood uh, the presence of the Lord and, and whenever you take a look at that whenever you study it of course the scripture says he placed it in a tabernacle on Mount Zion and there it was until finally years later when Solomon when Solomon came into the throne Solomon built a temple and that's where they moved the Ark of the Covenant from the Tabernacle of David to the temple so it was there temporarily but yet that was a type and shadow of the church it was a type and shadow of the church because the apostles referred to it in Acts chapter 15 when all this uh, the questions were coming about as far as the new covenant and they were confused because there was a transition between the Old Testament and the New Testament and a lot of the Jews that were still trying to hold on to the Old Testament were saying you still have to be circumcised and so they finally settled that question and said you know this is what you ought to do everybody that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ needs to be baptized in Jesus name that's the New Testament circumcision and of course what was implemented of course they referred to that about the former tabernacle of David that was torn down that the Lord was going to build it up again referring to the church they understood that to be the church and so what was so uh, powerful about what they said about, about that the, the tabernacle of David was this it was the worship it was the worship that was added to the sacrifices and that's why it's important for us if you if you see and what the Lord revealed to David in preparing the, the temple that Solomon was going to build one thing they instituted was nothing something they'd never done before they brought their level of uh, uh, they brought the worship up another level and they they employed string instruments timbrels dancing and so that's the reason why I feel like those of us that really want to worship God in spirit and truth what do we do worship him on string instruments the high sounding symbols we worship him on that's a string instrument we worship him on the tambourine we worship him in the dance Amen. Amen. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Yeah. That's what God has called us to. So it's something to be able to experience that here in the church. And amen. It's good to be in this place tonight. And uh, I want to hand the service over to Brother Craig and uh, just let him have his liberty tonight. I'm, I'm so thankful that uh, he's here to minister to us. Of course, God has been doing some mighty things in our midst and, and I pray that he continue to do so. So praise God without any further delay I'm gonna hand the service over to Brother Craig. Amen. Amen.
Praise the Lord, everybody. So kind and gracious. Thank you for all the testimonies. I am privileged to be here tonight, and I mean that. When I ask my wife to testify, she sits pretty quietly most of the time. Where are you out there? Testify. Praise God. Thank you for the hospitality, and uh, I believe uh, congratulations are in order to our brother Jonathan for being water baptized today. Sister Crystal, that is a privilege right there to be identified by the name of the King of Kings. Just thankful, grateful for being able to be here and with you folks. And, and then, of course, uh, I want to say thank you to the ministry here, give honor to the ministry here, to the brethren, their families. I want to say thank you to Brother Aaron for calling out our pastor's name in prayer. That means a lot to me. When you can surround yourself with good men. But he is the man that I submit to in my life. He's the authority in my life. He's my man of God. And he's been calling and texting right along. And I know that he's been praying. And along with the church back in Nolanville, Texas. And for that we are very grateful. Because I realize one thing. This is not. Uh, this is not just a, a one-man show you have to be connected to somebody that knows how to pray loves God and can love you even when you're wrong that's true friendship right there so I give honor to all of you to brother Harold sister Betty um, 
I just, I've enjoyed the fellowship. I sit back and just watch and how they interact and love each other. And boy, you know, put away some groceries for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing we do very, very well, isn't it? We, we love to, to eat. <laughs> and I'm, I'm guessing there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> So thank you so much. And of course, to our guests here, Brother Harold was telling me about your father. And uh, I remember him, but not as well as Brother Harold does. And so I want to say thank you for being here tonight. Amen. Very exciting. And so thank you, Sister Melissa, praise team. Uh, This is how I've been all afternoon. The Lord began to talk to me. And then they get up here and start singing. And just when I thought I had regained my composure, I'm just back to mush again. <laughs> but this is what I do. Because I realized tonight that if were, were it not for God, I would not be the man that I am tonight. Yeah, Am I afraid to cry and ashamed to cry? Absolutely not. And uh, I, I worry about a man that doesn't cry. I really do. I really do. And so here a few days ago, the Lord made a statement to me in prayer. And it just kind of a fleeting moment it was there. He said to me, there's some things I won't do. And I'm like, okay. And as soon as it came, it went. This morning during the worship, the Lord moved on me again. Said to me, not audibly, but in my spirit, he said, there are some things I won't do. And then Brother Harold walks us to the edge of glory. Wow. Oh, my Lord. The kingdom of God is in you. Yes. It's no wonder you can see angels and all this other beautiful stuff. People think we're nuts. I don't care. You know, the Bible never did say stop drinking. He just said change what you are drinking. Right. I still drink tonight. Yes, it's the new wine. Yeah. And, uh, I don't have to go down to the liquor store to get a bottle to get a buzz either. Just lift my hands and let the Lord begin to move. I'm just about there because I got there in worship service. I was just a drunken fool, crying. It was probably ugly face cry too. I don't know if I scared these ladies up here or what, but I had to take my glasses off a few times, clean them, and then thought I regained my composure, and then here it comes all over again. <laughs> Whatever, Lord. <laughs> you know what you're doing. So, 
with that phrase in mind tonight, I want to do my best to minister on a thought that the Lord shared with me. So I title this message tonight as you stand with me. I invite you to turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 42. Chapter 42. I will read three verses in our hearing together. Isaiah 42, verse 1, when you found it, say, I've got it. It's been a privilege, man. Thank you, Jesus. When you found it, say, I've got it. Isaiah 42, 1. The Lord began to connect all these dots. It started with a statement. There's some things I won't do. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. Amen. And now, let's make a connection in the New Testament because one of the disciples, uh, Matthew 12 and 20, connects with this statement that Isaiah made. And... Uh, Imagine what these disciples experienced to be able to pen every moment in the presence of God. Yeah. What kind of emotions they went through when they penned something. Matthew says this in 12 and 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence and great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. Charged them that they should not make him known that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, where we just read. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment into victory and in his name shall the Gentiles trust so I want to preach with that thought in mind what God won't do you say that with me what God won't do let's connect in prayer right now father help us tonight we pray that as you have given this to us we can become a living oracle because we realize our limitations in this human economy we pray the Holy Ghost take charge, that he would send that word into our human spirit, that our ears can receive and our hearts, Lord, as soil can be prepared as we have through worship and praise. Lord, to minister to us, that there would be deliverance, healing, strength, all of these beautiful characteristics, qualities, results in your spirit tonight. 
And we thank you so much for the honor that you bestowed upon us that we could be called the sons of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you notice in the title that I had given you and what the Lord spoke to me? He said, what? There are some things I won't do. So I titled this message, What God Won't Do. He didn't say, there are things that I can't do. He said, there are things I won't do. Because won't is a contraction. Won't, W-O-N apostrophe T is, will not. Now you hear a lot of people say, especially within the Pentecostal circles, when they don't want to live for God, they say, I can't. And that's really wrong because they can. Really what they're saying is, I will not serve God. And it comes down to a choice. So that excuse is so lame. You can. Look at your neighbor and say, you can live for God. So the point I'm making here is, the Lord makes choices. Did you know that? Can you imagine God sitting on his throne and wondering, hmm, what am I going to do? Well, he doesn't say today because he doesn't know days. He's a God of eternity. He doesn't call days like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He, he, that, none of that stuff appeals to him. He was here before the first calendar was ever made. But God still makes choices. Deuteronomy 18 and 5, the Bible says, For the Lord God hath chosen. So he makes choices. So look at your neighbor and say, God decides. God decides. Here's a beautiful one that John penned. He said, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Amen. And you're handpicked tonight. If you don't want to be, then that's your choice. Walk away, that's your choice. But I will bless the Lord at all times. That's my choice. I will get out of the aisles and dance. That's my choice. If you want to make fun of me, that's your choice. But my choice is to worship God. If I get an ugly face crying, that's just my choice. I, God makes choices. So, another contraction is not a woman in labor, but these words. <laughs> I know how some of you think. The word can't, C-A-N apostrophe T, is cannot, denotes impossibility. Something that is not able to be done. God makes choices. But there are some things tonight that God can't do. Did you know that? Of all the beautiful things he can do, there are some things God can't do. Here's one of them. Paul said in Hebrews 16 and 8, it is impossible for God to lie. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. And uh, 
Scholars say that there's over 30,000, Brother Jonathan, documented promises in the Word of God. And we're just a few people here. God said those promises are yours. And they're not going to change or turn because I can't lie. It is impossible for God to lie. God is unable to lie. God is incapable of telling a lie. James 1 and 17 said, With whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God doesn't change. The same Shekinah that some of you saw here tonight is the same Shekinah that Solomon saw the day they dedicated Solomon's temple. In fact, the glory was so thick there they had to stop doing what they were doing. Can you imagine that? How can that be? There are some things God can't do, but there are some things God won't do. Think about this statement here. Because everything, say everything with me, is a forethought with God. There is no afterthought with Him. So when God walks, there's no change of mind, there's no change of heart. God knows nothing about regret. Because with God, everything is a forethought. The Lord has no secondary plan. No wonder he said through John and Revelation 22 and 18, whatever you do, don't add to this book. Because I don't change, therefore my word never changes. Think about that for a moment. So when you're reading the Bible, you are reading God. Their love letters, their promises. When you look at that thing and God says, I will because I want to, that's his choice. I feel like tonight God wants to walk in here and help somebody. Amen. Look at somebody and say, God makes choices. In a crucible. And when I was studying this, the Lord took me on a trip. And uh, I would just have to put my pen down and step away because uh, this is personal with me. Amen. I don't know how you feel, but he's my savior tonight. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to treat him as such. And it just blows my mind that of all the things that I was, he still loved me. But in the crucible, in a moment, as a 33-year-old man, he made a choice one evening. He's wrestling with the will of God in his life. The flesh is under... The tension and the weight of this cup, the cross, the dying for humanity, and the flesh says, I don't think I can do this. He's in a crucible. 
And all of a sudden, this young man says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup for me. He could have aborted the mission. He could have wrote off humanity at that point. But he made a choice. He takes a deep breath and he says, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And in that moment, the Bible says an angel appeared. And he began to minister to Jesus. The Bible says it this way. There appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Can you imagine being on the jagged edge of a physical and a nervous breakdown? Vicariously, something is changing the environment. There's a lot of friction. There's a lot of static. Things are happening. And the Bible said that all of a sudden in his intensity in praying, all of the sweating he was doing, uh, amen, blood vessels start breaking. And amen, the Bible said his sweat uh, became as it were great drops of blood. But he made a choice that evening to go ahead and go on for me. That's how I feel tonight. I've got to die for him. I can't abort this. Not my will, but thine be done. I'm glad God makes choices. Hallelujah. And then, some several hours later, maybe not even hours, minutes, the Bible says they come to apprehend him. And you know the story. And he says something here that just hit me between the eyes right in my heart this evening. And when I was studying and I just again backed away and lifted my hands and just wept in the presence of God. He says, listen, listen. Thinkest thou not that I can presently call more than 12 legions of angels? I want to bring this out for some of you that weren't here the other night. I shared this the other night. He's praying there. They apprehend him. And he looks at them, and I'm sure with compassion, because they were there to arrest him. But yet and still, he looks at them with eyes of compassion. He's trying to get something across to them. He said, thinkest thou not that I can now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels. That's the wording according to Matthew. Mm -hmm. And I shared the math that I did for you the other night in the message. One angel smote in one night 185,000 Assyrians. One legion is 6,000. It's a Roman uh, military term. One legion is 6,000 troops. Twelve legions is 72,000 troops. Jesus said, I have more than that, but I took the numbers for the sake of the math. Twelve legions is 72,000. 72,000 angels in a moment's time, he could have called them, and at his command, they would have been there. 13,320,000,000 angels. 
we have the gall to think to ourselves sometimes that God doesn't care for me. He cared enough to make a choice. To say, angels, just hold off a moment. Because I have to believe, and this is just my imagination, that minutes prior to that statement, the one angel that came to minister to Jesus, I wonder, Brother Rich, if while he was there saying, Lord, just give us the command because we've got a whole lot more waiting. If you want us to come down and destroy humanity, just give us the command and we'll be right down. And the Lord said, don't do it because I've got to go to Calvary. Don't do it. I've got a choice here. I do have a will, but it's not my will. It's God's will tonight. And to think as scummy as we are, worthless as we are, losers like we are, the mess that God found us in, and yet he loved us. I'm glad God makes choices. He can do some things, but there are some things he will not do tonight. So, I'm not going to be up here much longer, but I'm going to give you exactly what the Lord gave me. It's, it's very simple. The Lord said, this is what I won't do. He took me to the scripture. He says, a broken reed, a bruised reed, I will not break. He said, a smoking flax, I will not quench. Until, according to the Greek, that truth turns into victory. That word judgment is truth in the Greek. There are some things tonight that God won't do. The reed, metaphorically, is an emblem of feebleness. It represents humanity and their bruised, crushed, broken, shattered, wounded lives. He said, I didn't come to condemn the world, I came to save them. In fact, he said this, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. We weren't looking for him. Stop lying. Yes. Well, I found God. No, he found us. Yes. Yeah, we were searching, but we weren't searching for him. Yes. We were wanting something to satisfy the longing here. Yes. We told ourselves, man, is there more to the life than Budweiser? Yes. Shame, shame, shame. Oh, Jack Daniels took me up, let me down again. Yes, sir. Ah, yes he did. Yeah. So we'd sober up, and a thousand times we promised to stop drinking until Friday came. And then we say, man, is there more to life than this? Until there was some point in my life I said, God, if you're real, come help me. You know what he did? He allowed a man of God to come back from Denver, Colorado. Just like the book said he would do. He sent a man back full of the Holy Ghost. Showed us what it would take to have life. So, he said, this is what I won't do. I will not, I will not break a bruised reed. 
In all of your shattered brokenness, dreams unfulfilled, questions that have run out of answers, brokenness that is so real until it's just fragmented. He said, I'm not going to break that, break that up any more than it is. I see it for what it is. I see the hurt, I see the pain. The smoking flax refers to the wick of a lamp when the oil is exhausted. The wick of that lamp is trying to reach down into the source that was given it light to fuel the light, but there's no more fuel there. And so the smoking flax begins to send up billows called smoke. And it's, it's crying for life. This refers to Amen. The dying, flickering flame of the spirit of humanity that's being choked out by sin and the devil and the cares of life. And the fact that our hospitals are full tonight are a testament that people really want to do live as long as they possibly can. Yes. Amen. The fact that they put their lives into the hands of a man that is only practicing medicine. He doesn't have all the answers. It's a testament that you and I want to live as healthy and as long as we possibly can. But tonight, for somebody, that flame may be dying out. And you have been reaching down for something to wet that wick one more time. Amen. And you reach down, and it lasts just for a little while. It lasts for a week or a month or six months, and then, amen, the smoke starts to billow again and the Lord said a smoking flax I will not quench he says I see your feebleness I see your deteriorated condition I see just how much you hurt and I didn't come to put you under my feet I have come to save you there's some things I won't do I won't make a bad situation worse amen when people write you off, the Lord says, I'll write you in. And when people treat you, amen, according to your failures, I'll look at you with your future potential. And that's where God found us. He found us crying for life. He found us longing for something that the world could not give. Something, amen, that could help us. Amen, that liquor couldn't do. That addiction couldn't do. That gambling couldn't do. That alcohol couldn't do. That even going to the doctor couldn't do. Woo, let's love him right now. Hallelujah. walked in here tonight and you're broken. You may have walked in here tonight and your dreams have been shattered. Hallelujah. Fragments on the ground. But I know a God that specializes in putting all of these pieces back together. 
I know the master of the mosaics. Only he can put it back together. And while he does it, he tells a story of how I found her in a mess. But now when you look at her life, hey man, you could never tell that I found her as a drunk. You could never tell that I found her broken. You could never tell that I found her on the other side of the track because that's what I do. I didn't come here to condemn you, he said. I didn't come here to hurt you. I came here that you might have life. I died for you so you could live. My wrestling and fighting in Gethsemane was not just for me, it was for you. I held back millions of angels because I wanted to show you how much that I love you. Can we love him right now? <laughs> Jesus. Brother Harold, this is really where it's at for me. I know we cross that spectrum of being used by God, and sometimes it's so intense, so deep. God uses us to do different things. I'll tell you where my heartbeat is. My heartbeat is reaching out to people who are hurting. I remember working with a friend of ours, a man of God who had a burden uh, to go to abortion clinics. We did that for a number of years. Uh, hey man, stand as close as they would allow us to get. Uh, amen, to reach out to these young ladies uh, who were going in to have uh, their babies aborted. And I've never seen a man reach for so much passion. Yeah. Would stand across the street in tears in his eyes, beg and plead with them. Come let me pray for you. Yes. Don't go in there and kill that baby. Come on. God loves you. Oh, if you've never been there, you ought to go there and try it. It's a life-changing experience. They say that if you can get mama to hear the heartbeat of her baby, that 90% of the time she will change her mind. Yeah. Somebody needs to hear the heartbeat of hope tonight to understand that God has come to help you. Amen. To reach beneath the facade tonight. Reach beneath the mask tonight. Reach beneath the pretense tonight. And love you. Love you right out of your bondage. I feel it tonight. This is the heartbeat of God that I feel tonight. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let's just love him, could we, church? God wants to reach somebody tonight. Would you allow him to? You're not here by accident. It was by design. There was 
and articulating that was much bigger than our human plans. It was the mind of God that should come. Let me lavish you with my love. Let me tell you what I did for you. There's some things I won't do. And I won't break you down any more than you are tonight because I came to love you. Jesus. Oh, my. So as I close, can I tonight introduce you to my friend, my Savior? Can I tell you about my Jesus tonight? You know what he is tonight? He's a wounded healer. He's a wounded healer. Sir, where did you get the marks in your hands? I've got those in the house of my friends. So unworthy. Came to an apostolic Bible study with alcohol on his breath. Worthless to the world. But God saw something in him. Written off by the world. Wasn't connected to the right echelons, the right social rings, didn't have the, the money, and so people write you off. Jesus said, there's some things I won't do. One thing I won't do is write you off. Amen. Can you imagine the love when he said, behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. I began to envision this as I was studying. <laughs> Oh, I said, my goodness, who am I, who am I that there would be such an exchange? I don't deserve any of this. I'm grieving you upon the palms of my hands. There's some things I won't do. No, no more, could you just let your heart be touched in the presence of God right now? God wants to take the loneliness. God wants to take that isolated feeling tonight, that disconnected feeling. He's ministering to somebody right now. Oh, my Brother Aaron got up here and right off the bat mentioned something. Give me while I was in prayer. I thought about Thomas. Thomas, Jesus said, reach hither thy finger and thrust it into the nail prints of my hands. Bring your hand, Thomas, and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. Thomas, blessed are you because you saw, but blessed are they who do not see and yet believe. I believe tonight. I'm a believer tonight. Amen. Amen. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. My Hallelujah. Let me try to get to the end of this. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let's just love him, could we? And I feel the presence of God here.
you're in the right place, all your pains, you've been hurt, you've been hurt by church people, that wounds just doesn't seem to heal. I'm, I'm touching somebody right now. Feel this in the Holy Ghost. You're hurt. You're wounded. Oh. You get to a certain point and then it seems like that wound begins to fester. The Lord's here to heal you tonight to get you over the proverbial hump tonight. I believe I'm talking to a lady tonight. I'm talking to a sister. It's hard for you to trust God because it's hard for you to trust the ministry. The wounded healers in the house tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Uh, He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. We walk over that blood just to go back out in the world. Surely he hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Now the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Thank you. There's something... impossible that God did that to this day in 2021 still baffles scientists the Lord said to me and I, 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 I'm giving it to you just like he gave it to me the Lord give all this to me and he said, there's some things I won't do he says but there was one thing I did do He said, I stopped time in its tracks. I stopped time in its tracks. Joshua is defending Gibeon and Israel against five kings of the Amorites, five other kings of different little nations. There was a total of 10 kings. So here's the promise to Joshua, fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. There shall not a man of them survive. And so while the battle is heated, it gets intense, bloodshed. There's all kinds of gory things going on. The enemy attempts to retreat and escape. And Joshua says, Lord, you said not a man of them would survive. And the Lord said, yes, sir, I did say that. And all of a sudden, something comes over Joshua. Joshua said, Lord, 
there's still a few enemies here that we need to overcome and conquer, but the sun is setting. We're running out of time. And all of a sudden, something comes over Joshua, and he points up to the sky. And the Bible said, this is what he said. He said, son, stand still thou upon Gibeon. And thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the Bible said the sun stood still. The moon stayed until the people avenged themselves. Jeez. Here is the interesting part. Here in 2021, scientists have tried to explain what had happened because they say there was a deferment of time somewhere. They can't pinpoint it. But scientists will say, yes, there was a time when time was deferred, but they've come to the conclusion that it was not an eclipse because an eclipse only lasts minutes, not hours. And when time stood still, it stood still, some scholars believe, for 12 hours. Give Joshua time to finish the battle. And so they questioned, could it have been that it indicated an actual change in the Earth's rotation? The scientists say that is possible. But they finally concluded that the best explanation is simply to take Joshua. These are scientists telling us this. They said the best explanation is to take Joshua 10 at face value that God performed a stupendous miracle. This, they went on to say this, the God who created the world and established natural laws is perfectly capable of compensating for any collateral complication. What they're saying is God created it all and God can do whatever he wants with his creation. They said we may not be able to scientifically explain what had happened. All we know is that God performed this miracle. There are some things God can do. There are some things that he will do. But there are some things tonight he won't do because he's making a choice tonight. That's how much you matter to him right now. Come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so the picture tonight is one of heavy weight, brokenness, shame, guilt, a sense of hunger, a sense of longing. There are some things God won't do. For sure tonight, he won't treat us the way we treat him. Amen. I'm talking to backsliders. Hallelujah. Would you come tonight? This altar is open. Would you come? There are some things he won't do. This God that stopped time. Scientists say it was a matter of hours. Scholars say it was about 12 hours.
same God that stopped time held back billions of angels because he knew that on a Sunday night in Vermilion, South Dakota you would have an appointment with destiny that you would come into the presence of this God who died for you who loves you cared for you enough to say not my will but thine be done Hallelujah, would you come? Bring your fragments. Bring your brokenness. Bring your heartache. Bring those haunting memories tonight.
feel like you're alone, just remember he walked up to Calvary all by himself. It's funny that in my imagination I wonder there was no long line that snake tapered down from Mount Calvary back to Jerusalem of people waiting in line at the bottom of the cross and said, Jesus, I'll serve you. Thank you for dying for me. I'll serve you. Nobody else will. I'll serve you. There was no such a line. He was rejected. And he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Some things God won't do. To the world, it's kind of a weird attraction because God, God's not attracted to those in the front of the line. He's attracted to those in the back of the line. attracted to those that have stood on podiums and hoisted trophies and medals, accolades and certificates. No, he went to the highways and the hedges. He went to the curbs and the gutters. It's kind of a weird attraction, but God is attracted to brokenness. He's attracted to hurt and pain.
Thank you, Jesus. Saturday, Sunday, 11th. It's almost two weeks. A little over two weeks. I appreciate uh, Brother Craig staying with us and, and uh, ministering to us. You know, a lot of times uh, when we talk about revival and, and uh, of course with ministry, comes and, and is able to preach to the church, uh, usually a lot of times the, the routine is it's, it's, it's anywhere from a, a day to five days to, that's about the extent of it, but in this, in this case, uh, obviously there was uh, some very uh, dire needs, God able to move and minister and so we've come this far and it seems like, uh, I don't know, uh, when you're really uh, engaged in the things of, the, of God and, and in the Word, it, it just seems like time just to go by so fast. But uh, I feel in my spirit just to, uh, this will be the last night. And uh, uh, we've gone as far as we can go in this revival. <clears throat> but we're looking forward to... Uh, Another time, and of course, if it's, if it's not Brother Craig, it'll be somebody else, but uh, I sure appreciate uh, his willingness to obey God and to be here. Amen. And, and I, I want to say this, I want to say this, that it definitely has made a difference Amen. for this church and for the people of this church. And uh, thank him very much, and Sister Taryn, and uh, I know they have been home, away from home for uh, a long time, almost a month now. Well, five weeks. I guess it's a little longer than a month. And so you know how that is. And I've been I've been uh, praying and, and feeling after the Lord to see whether to do. But I, I felt in my spirit this morning that tonight would be the last service and that we could release him. <laughs> uh, but he has he has done uh, he has been a blessing to us in the church here. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. And I believe that all of us can uh, honestly say that we have obviously received something and the Lord has imparted something to us. Amen. And, uh, this church is going to, uh, obviously it's going to grow. If everybody was here, if everybody was here, we wouldn't have enough chairs in this sanctuary to seat everybody. But, we're still praying that God would move and, and as the scripture says that he would add to the church daily such as should be saved. Yes. So that's what we're looking forward to doing and, and of course if it has to expand, it will expand and I believe the Lord will make a way, especially yes. in the times that we're living in. There's a lot of things going on in this country. 
uh, crazy things going on, but God is still in control. So I want to I want to say thank you to everybody that has been here that has attended the services for for tarrying with us. Amen. But I believe that God will. Uh, as the scripture says, don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season ye shall reap. And it's all for our good, for, for the Lord to do work in us. I want to thank all our visitors and guests for coming. And uh, we will resume our regular schedule. And if I remember right, uh, tomorrow night will be uh, convert class. Monday evening, so. And then we'll start off with our regular schedule Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, Friday. Uh, this Friday will be ministerial development. And uh, I will let probably the ones that will be uh, speaking Friday night, I will let them know tomorrow night. And I will give you the topic. So we'll resume. Praise God. How many of you feel like you you have been, received something? How many feel like you Hallelujah. And I know some of you are exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you're exhausted, but that's fine. It's good to be tired. That means you've been working. <clears throat> Praise God and whoa. We'll just uh, let the Lord continue to work in our lives. So with that being said, um, we will be serving some refreshments. If any of you want to stick around, just uh, some beverages and some snacks. And uh, if any of you decide you want to stick around for that, you're sure welcome to spend a little time. It's 9 o'clock, so uh, I believe curfew's at 10 o'clock. I'm not sure. <laughs> But anyway, you're sure welcome to come and, and uh, give the Lord a hand clap again. And, and if you get the, if you get the, uh, the opportunity to give Brother Craig a handshake and Sister Taryn, thank him for uh, being with us so long. So God bless you. Have a good evening. Amen. Amen. God bless you.